This B-side episode talks about the value of the creative industry and the difficulties that freelance artists face in costing their services and navigating social security benefits. Jennifer Lee Bonto, Executive Director of Artists Welfare Project Inc. or AUPI, speaks to Business World reporter Beatriz Marie D. Cruz about the protections we can give our artists. AUPI was founded in 2007 as a sort of help desk for artists who, prior to the founding of AUPI, had to pass the hat every time the aches and pains of performance would catch up with them. There are 1.5 million Filipino freelance workers today, according to an August 2022 report by Payee and GCash. They have to struggle pursuing their passions while ensuring a stable income. Although we know that this is a recurring issue, there is still a lot to talk about regarding our freelance workers. And here on B-Side, we have today the Executive Director of Artists Welfare Project Incorporated, Ms. Jennifer Lee Bonto. Hi, Ms. Jenny. Welcome to B-Side. Hi, everybody. Hi, Bea. Thank you for the invite. So for listeners who probably heard the term freelancing, but they're often confused because of the broadness of the term, please explain to us, Ms. Jenny, what is freelancing and how does it differ from the traditional 9 to 5 set in the office work style? Yeah, as per DOLE, Department of Labor and Employment, if you are a regular worker, uh, you are inside a company, an organization, in government, and you are more than five months working and on your six months, you are a regular worker, so you have regular salary. But if you are freelancers, you have work if you have a contract. It contracts can last from one day to one year to five years, but essentially it's a project-to-project basis. For freelancers na creatives, if you are a singer, you are contracted to sing for a concert. If you are a dancer, you dance to a concert, something like that. So if you are a painter, you can be contracted to make one painting. Essentially, freelancers do not have the benefits that regular employees have, like PhilHealth, SSS, PagEB, you know, these government benefits. You have to apply to these uh, benefits voluntarily. You don't have an employer who will, like, share 50% of the fees. Despite this, why is freelancing taken by Filipino skilled workers, and in particular, those whom you support? the creatives, why do they opt for this direction? Specifically for the creative industry, there are some professional groups who employ artists on a regular basis. For example, I was part of Ballet Philippines. I became executive director of Ballet Philippines before. So we have dancers who are employees. So they're able to get their salaries every month. Uh, and they we pay for their PhilHealth. And because of that, we need to have shows each year each quarter to support that. But most of the time here in the Philippines, the creative industry for creatives is still not uh, developed as much as, you know, developed in terms of there will be enough income to pay for professional artists. Even with professional singers, there's still a concert at that time. If there's no concert, there's no work. So if you imagine Eraserhead's concert, so everybody's freelance, even the technical crew, the directors, the stage managers, all of them, just for that one show. And you can't have like a producer will promise, okay, every year we will have a movie. So we, we don't have that system yet 
for weavers, for example, they organize themselves as cooperatives or a family. And if it's cooperative, sometimes they get salaries, but it's not every day that you can sell, right? So I think that's the challenge. Why it's better for me to do freelance so that I'm not stuck in one thing. I can just look for the jobs that I like, especially with creatives. It's really a passion that you want to sustain. So it's very difficult to, to have work that's regular in our industry. Sometimes it's very sad because uh, contractors can take advantage of the situation. Since you already opened up about contractors possibly taking advantage of the creatives, what are other challenges that freelance artists currently face? There's this post on social media on freelance workers that expressed their dismay over cancelled orders or cancelled commissions. But besides that, are there any other issues that freelance artists are going through today that we do not know of yet? One, the usual thing is you are contracted for work, but you don't have a contract. It's not written down. So if there's some problems, like they don't pay you on time, they cancel your work, it, it's so difficult. You are always at the losing end. That's one perennial challenge. And when that happens, you don't even want to complain because they might not get you again. Another challenge because of the changes in technology and we are now in the digital world, there's many problems right now in terms of uh, intellectual property ownership. It's so easy to actually save an image from Google without actually asking permission from the owner or saving images anywhere from the internet. Digitization is part good, but you know we, we still need to address some respect issues, protection issues, that your design will be protected. And right now, because of AI, you can easily ask the computer to give you a picture what happens to photographers and how, how do they earn if it's easy to steal their photographs. If we want to make the, the industry as a resource to be able to help people feed their families, it can be possible because uh, talent talent and creativity is an inexhaustible resource. It's not mining. You can really take advantage of it. And for Filipinos specifically, for Filipinos, we dance before we count. We, we sing before we read. <laughs> we are innately creative, imaginative, and we want this kind of protection for the workers, for the creative and, you know, rights and welfare of these uh, workers because the creativity is delivered by this artist who are inspired by his uh, environment. So if you support an artist, you also support the, the environment. You support a uh, nurturing culture. Would you relate this issue or these concerns with the lack of support of the Philippines for the arts? If you ask, why don't they support? Why don't they put a premium? It's really the value. We value art very, very low because what we value more is economics. It's important that when you finish school, you're able to support your family with the basic needs. And the phenomena is, if you see generations, let's do seafaring because it will bring dollars. Let's do nurses because it will bring you dollars. Those industries, they will support. But while uh, art is not being able to sell or prove that you know, it can bring in money, they won't support that. 
when you do art theater, it's just not one person. It's really a big community of artist workers to prepare that concert. So it's not supported because it's not valued. They don't see the value of our culture. During COVID, we knew that we would not be able to get the Bayanihan one because there's no freelancers. Dole will prioritize those people who are working. But, you know, we had to tell Dole that, excuse me, we also are working. <laughs> and we were the first industry to, you know, stop. So we had to get together and help each other. So during the pandemic, we presented songs online. We sang for people. We danced for people. We still continued the performances which uh, help people get through COVID. I just want to go back to the topic of being compensated properly. How can freelancers ensure that they are compensated well based on what they deserved and based on the labor that they put out? It's really a recurring debate because uh, for different genres, sometimes the visual artists, for example, they can already measure their costing, the cost of the paint, the cost of the canvas, the cost of their time and they compute it per square inch or per square centimeter. If the painting is two by three feet, they can compute like that. Some will start at 20 pesos to 200 to 2,000 pesos. Sometimes they have like that. For singers, it's per hour. But really, you don't, you, you cannot, I think, to lock it to one thing a standard, it's very hard because, for example, in writing, writers like think for maybe two hours, then they think or they have to walk a bit, then they're able to write it out. Amazing, I, I, I found some employers that pay per word, like 50 centavos per word. That's just too inhuman. So the industry is still so uh, weak in terms of trying to make sure that someone can eat three times a day, feed her family with these rates. For example, graphic design. If I say it's 10,000 pesos for a logo and some people would say, Miss Jenny, I've been rehashing the logo for 20 times. <laughs> Parang draft one, draft two, draft three. Until when is the 10,000 pesos? Alam mo, DTI, BIR, asked that same question because we were asking for tax incentives and they were saying, how much do you earn ba? <laughs> because if you earn less than 250,000 a year, you don't really have to pay tax. Or some people would say, you should pay taxes because you sold 1 million peso worth of a mural. But they don't know how many people made the mural. Maybe these people, they didn't have work for the past year. So in 1 million divided by these people, divided by how many months they don't have work, you have to put a premium to passion, to talent. I was asking weavers how much per yard, this loom weaving, and then they said, ah, we can finish seven yards in a day and then yung sa supply chain you can actually compute that but when we were talking about coloring that color yellow comes from this flower and the flower you can harvest the flower every quarter and the flower comes from a tree you cannot collect the flower until the tree is already 10 years old how do you compute that <laughs> there's limits on what you can compute so in other words it's impossible to set standard rates don't standardize it. Parang you're gonna lock a bird inside a cage. The bird will die. Just make sure you're able to at least pay for PhilHealth, SSS, Pag-Ibig, or you can eat three times a day. Some uh, artists, they 
have income on the side. Like I, I know this musician. He sells something sa palengke. He sells, I think he sells is a meat vendor in a local market. So that sustains him. Some artists don't actually accept being paid food or quote-unquote exposure. They're not satisfied with that, right? We call that like ex-deal. So I'll play the piano for you. Your dinner is free. But in the professional world, for example, you hire an orchestra. You really have to, to feed them. It's not a fee. Over on top on top of the food, you have to pay their, their fees, their rehearsal fees. Um, In terms of valuing, there's even this story that the orchestra, they fed them in a hotel in the driver's lounge. They couldn't even value these musicians and it's a hotel. So the challenge to really ask for proper rights and welfare of artists is uh, very hard work because one, we were telling this story to the congressman one hearing and one congressman says, Parang you're basically asking for human rights. <laughs> How often do you receive complaints from artists or from workers? AOP is inclusive. We're like a help desk for artists. Like if your concern is about legal things, we give you access to legal clinics that are free. Uh, we have actually projects right now. We started the HMO for artists. If you're not fully employed, you, you cannot get HMO or you can, but it's very expensive. So back in 2017, we started with 100 people so that we can uh, have an HMO that is affordable. So usually, because AOP really started with the idea that we have to band together because if one gets sick, the artist will just really pass the hat. One has cancer, pass the hat. One dies, pass the hat. Until we couldn't pass the hat anymore, right? So we figured, the founders figured that we we have to do more. There must be some solution to our problem. Like then we talk to PhilHealth, we talk to SSS, we talk to PagEB. No, even if you're a freelancer, you can do voluntary payment. We talked to BIR and BIR explained, you know, there are ways. We just need to stop the notion that, you know, we are bohemian, we are starving artists. No. How can artists establish still a work-life balance? Our work is not 9 to 5. When you do art, it depends on how diligent you are. But you cannot demand that. Okay, uh, 1 to 2 o'clock, I will write. 3 o'clock, it's different with different artists. Sometimes, you know, yung, the inspiration hits you. Then even if it's like 1 a.m. or 2 a.m., you have to like wake up. Okay, now please talk about your organization, Artists Welfare Project Incorporated or ALPI. Just to give us a background again, further information, what kind of support do you give to freelance artists and how many artists have you supported? We started in 2007. Uh, yun nga, everybody was sick and there's no uh, support in terms of uh, healthcare. So passing the hat was really what people did. Uh, so they, they put up this uh, organization is an NGO. We have 15 board members and for the past 16 years, we have a list of 15,000 people on our database and that happened because of the COVID pandemic when we had to shout out to people to tell people who wants to join AOP, let's tell Dole that you know we are industry, we, we need help. So AOP became the data centry of 15,000 people and fortunately through Drybrush, 
gallery, uh, we were able to do the software already of that database. And from here on, that will be a baseline. And we want to develop that database. We need to baseline the industry. How many visual artists are there? How many? No one knows. <laughs> Another, we started with an HMO for artists. So we are with Coco Life. And Coco Life said, okay, even if you're not really an, a corporation, I we will just make our piece stand as an HR of all these people. And under our HMO for artists, is, we have about 500 plus already artists and with their families getting healthcare. Also, we uh, represent artists, represent our community during hearings, in Congress, we lobby with Senate and amazingly for 2020 to 2022, the creative industries bill, the Eddie Garcia bill moved on, right? Usually, no one would you know care to listen to artists, but because of the Zoom meetings, more people were able to attend, able to express themselves. So, we also have legal clinics. Some people come to us or you know there's problem with their contractors. We connect them to legal clinics. Also, so we have a master's degree program. We do it with the Asian Institute of Maritime Studies. Who the owner is an artist, and this master's degree program is to bridge that gap. So, so master's degree program, we have uh, uh, subjects like pedagogy here, heritage, social entrepreneurship, governance. So it's very exciting and wonderful because we don't teach art because you already know that <laughs> the artist who enters that program after two years is more equipped to become part of the teaching community or the LGU or put up their own business. You know, these are skills. A lot of freelance workers or artists actually work for businesses and corporations. So what can corporations or businesses do to further recognize the rights and welfare of their freelancers? If I want to be specific about it, when you hire artists to do art, give them a contract at the least. That's basic. Give them a proper contract. Another one, pay them on time. <laughs> Ask for a discount, but pay them on time because they are already doing work before you even hire them. For example, ballet dancers, they, they prepare to sculpt their body as early as five years old so they can do swan lake for you when they're 18. It's not a hobby anymore. If you hire them, don't think that it's a hobby for them. You have to value them as professionals. You as a corporate person hiring them value them respect them that is a way to protect not only the creatives but you are protecting our creative industry and that concludes another episode of b-side once again you heard jennifer lee bonto executive director of artists welfare project inc or aupi speaking to business world reporter beatriz marie d cruz about the issues faced by freelance artists miss bonto touched on copyright infringement delayed payments unfair work agreements and the lack of basic decency this b-side episode was recorded remotely in january 2023 it was produced by joseph emmanuel l garcia and me Samuel Marcelo, thanks for listening.